Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of season two, um, where I am joined by Belize's youngest counselor, Alan Pollard. I do mention in this podcast that he is a counselor candidate or delegate or something to that effect. He is a counselor now and has been since the last municipal elections back in 2018, when he was only 23 years old, when he originally ran. And he is running again as a counselor in the upcoming municipal elections for the Belize City Council. I also want to correct myself on the last general election um, that I talk about later in this episode, where I mentioned that the Queen Square constituency was held by Sister B before, but it was not. It was originally held by Dean Barrow, and then his sister took over. Um, as he has retired now, I know that she has been by his side throughout his political career and has been no stranger to politics. So this was essentially a Barrow constituency, um, which is what I meant. I just don't want to give it no wrong information. So I had to go cross check because I was like, wait, she was not a counselor. So, yeah, I just want to make sure that I correct myself on that. And then um, just to know this episode did, you know, start off a little bit slow because we were having some technical difficulties in the beginning. But we do get into it. And I think that there are some really great things to take away from this, especially, I don't know, if you're anybody, really. Um if you're just, you know, a young belief, anybody, there's there's something for you here. And um, whether that's, you know, going for your goals, no matter how young you are or no matter what your age is or no matter how big or small or really where you came from and what environment you grew up in, you can be the change that you wish to see in the world and just the power of believing in yourself. And Alan does share a little bit about the realities of growing up in Southside Belize City and um, you know, it's it's just it's a it is a harsh environment to grow up in and very hard to kind of find motivation and, and to not fall into other influences in these environments. So it is very I'm really glad that he does touch on that because I after having this conversation a few days ago, um, that's the part that really resonated with me very much. And it just reminds me also of what I want to do with the podcast, which is just sharing people's um, struggles and challenges and hardships and really how they overcame those things. Just to show all of us that no matter what our circumstances are in life, that we can achieve things that we dream of. And, you know, no matter what is happening, because sometimes we might feel that these hardships and challenges and shortcomings are really shortcomings, but maybe they aren't. And, um, you know, sometimes it just feels like a stopping point. And I just want us to be very realistic about how we got to where we got to, um, which is also why I mentioned the technical difficulties, because this is not a smooth sailing thing, you know, and I just want to be very open about that stuff and very candid in every way, just so that we can all, you know, connect on a very human level. And I just think also that Alan is a great person to talk to right now because, you know, it's election time again. And um, a lot of young people did put their ballots or their names on ballots, sorry, across the country, even as mayoral candidates, which is very exciting to see. Um, We always hear about the future generations. And for me, you know, my gen it's my it's the time for my generation. I'm very, very excited for us to see us starting to kind of creep into you know, these these positions of power and these posi- these higher positions and establishing ourselves. And I'm very, very excited to, for my generation because I do have a lot of faith in us 
um, even though people kind of knock on on um, millennials and even younger millennials, but I do think we have a lot to offer um, to to the future of the way that the world is going to work. And I think that um, I speak for many of us when I say that we want to see more young, energetic, creative, ambitious, dedicated people at the helms as we are moving into a new age and a new normal. And we will need all the innovation that we can get. And I just know that, you know, the change that we that will be required of humanity is going to be so humongous. And I mean, it already has, but, you know, just moving forward, we're going to need to be as innovative as possible. And granted, there's so much to learn from history, but there is a new direction that the whole world is going in. And, you know, we need those young people in there to make sure that we are thinking new ideas and that we are being creative and that we are being innovative. And I'm just, yeah, just very happy to see this. And um, this does inspire me just, you know, even if I never took a political route or never do, there is, I do feel a sense of responsibility to my country because I also do wish to be the change that I wish to see. And um, I'm just very happy to have had this conversation. We were very pressed for time, but there are plenty more conversations like this to be had, whether that's with Alan or with other young politicians or other young people or whoever is, you know, just doing anything creative and innovative. That's, you know, the whole that that just brings me to the whole reason why I wanted to do this. So I hope that you do gain from this listen. And so um, let's just get into it now. Hi, guys. <laughs> this is the Dentosh Store Podcast, episode two. And today I am joined by Alan Pollard Jr., um, counselor candidate in the Belize City Council. He's actually the youngest counselor candidate in Belize. Um, he was, I mean, this, he's been, he's been in, um, office for a couple years now. We're going to find out more about that, but I just want to say, um, what your portfolio is before we begin. So Alan is the, he's in charge of traffic, community participation, public relations, and special, special events in the Belize city council. Um, this is, something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, just talk to you, period. I've actually never had a conversation with Alan prior to this. We had one very small phone conversation before um, this one. So I've done some research on you, what whatever's out there that I can read. Um, but I like to have people that inspire me on my show. So every single person that has been on my show has inspired me in some way, shape or form. And so these are conversations that I've just personally been dying to have, and you are one of those people. You inspire me a lot. I grew up in a, in an, in a political household, and I've always entertained the idea of running. Um, but I just figured like I need a lot of life experience and all of these different things before I do something right. like that. So I just have never done it this year. I did consider it, but I don't think I would have considered it. Maybe had you not done something like you did at such a young age. And I did say like, you know, I posted on Facebook, should I apply? And that was a joke. And I feel like I still am not ready. I do personally feel like I want more life experience, but I want to know 
like everything about you and being so young and, and being so energetic and all of the things that you are and, and us being very similar in age. I just, I really am excited to just pick your mind and, and all of this. So firstly, like what I want to know is like, where are you from? Where did you grow up? What is like your family dynamic? What are like, do you have siblings? What was your parents like? Did you grow up with both? Like, I just want to know that first of all. Okay. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> well, um, I grew up in Belize, born and raised Southside specifically, um, Faber's Road area. Uh, not so bad, not the greatest, but it's, it's good neighborhood. Um, grew up with both my parents. Um, First, they're not together, but um, they're still both, I'd say, in my life, just the same, like the amount of time and energy and effort. Uh, we're really close, you know, despite everything. Um, I have a lot of siblings, well, from my, from my dad's side, of course. But um, yeah, I have great, amazing siblings. Um, my mom has two girls, two boys, and we all live in the same house. Um, we're all very close, and I think a lot of that kind of transcends to what I do in my political career because, you know, these are the people I have to deal with every day, personalities that I have to work with every day, and it's definitely some level of training for my professional life, I would say. Right. Definitely. So um, I want to get into... Um how you even like what in the first place inspired you to pursue a political career at all like where did it even spark from and then what made you decide that this was the time what made you decide okay i'm gonna apply now what was the thing that like made you commit essentially uh, hmm. that's a that's a great question um and I don't really have a definitive like answer to that. Like, sorry, at this point in time, I wanted to be a politician. It's definitely not a scenario like that. Mm -hmm. um, more so, like natural selection, I'd, I'd say. Um, I guess after like growing up, and I, I mean, hear me growing up like that as old man, but definitely as you grow and as, as you meet people, as you talk to people and as you take different career paths, um, you definitely find interest and taste in other things and talent as something where I apply anywhere. And, you know, that, that's something I've been doing for the past couple of years with um, the entertainment business and um, with my personal business of um, Supreme Automotive. Um, so, doing all of this and I, I knew for one that my life had to be something bigger than just myself one I knew that that's one thing I was sure about um, two I knew that I wanted a professional career but early for myself um, so entrepreneurship was definitely first on the list for to-dos for me I knew that I couldn't work for anybody I couldn't like build anyone's business and you know not focus that energy on myself. And while doing that, I would say that I've met a lot of people who recognize the work that we have been doing um, over the years. 
and also recognize how vocal I was, in, you know, just in, with, with policies and issues that were affecting me, you know, um, yeah. at the time, at the time I mean, you had a, sorry, yeah. at the time you had what, you can go ahead. I'm mm -hmm. saying at the time, you know, we had a government that I felt, and this is personal, my personal belief, even before I made the flight apart to flood, um, that I just feel like we been left out, you know, like I feel like the people who are in my immediate environment, in my area, um, you know, I just knew that wasn't it, man. Like I knew there was so much, there was so much more that could be done for us. And we could have definitely have a more enabling environment. You know, and that's something that I have been vocal about from the onset. So, of course, that in social media and all these different platforms definitely raised some eyebrows from people within the party. And, you know, um, they, you know, asked me to, you know, contribute to the party. And this was before asking, being asked to run. Um, I was involved with the party communications at the time, um, the public relations committee. So just, you know, talk about the party and give ideas on how we could get the party message out. And that was something where would, I would say was the start of my um, political career. Um, just being involved in the party itself. I'm no stranger to, to the PUP, um, I must say. Um, my dad was... Uh, was the driver for the Deputy Prime Minister Curtis Head for umpteen years. And mm -hmm. he has always been a party supporter, uh, uh, one of the, the hitters of the party, right? One of the one of the stalwarts of the party. So I've never been like a stranger to the party and how the party works and you know all of that fun stuff yeah. of campaigning. So I, I know a thing or two. So it yeah. was just having to apply myself, you know, the same, you know, the same way that my father did, but a more professional manner, no? Yeah. And I mean, I just think that you essentially just saw yourself as being the change you wish to see. Um, correct. Correct. A, correct. Yeah. Correct. And that just like the background, right? right? And then I still don't get into how I actually end up on a ballot, right? Exactly. <laughs> so... And that was another crazy story. I mean, um, Colonel Hyde actually called me one day and like he was like, you know, I need to see you. Like, we need to talk. I'm like, all right, uncle, like, cool. Oh, you talk about business, all right, like, go. <laughs> uh, so of course, I got another. At this point, you're 23 years old. 23, like, fresh, young. Right. You're trying to figure life out. And then, so I, I went into the meeting and he was like, um, you have this idea, you know, like a, like a crazy idea. Like, you know, he wants me to run for city council. I was like, what? <laughs> I got out like, what? Like, you to listen to yourself right now. Like, <laughs> I, I know, like, I was scared. I was definitely scared. And definitely a decision I couldn't make right, right on the spot. Because like I say, that didn't fit anywhere in my immediate plans. You know, I just started the business um, two years prior just to try to get on my foot as an individual, as a professional, as a young professional. Um, I just um, recently finished school, uh, just come out of a whole six farm, early college phase of finding yourself as a young man. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of things. And then, of course, I was doing entertainment at the time. Um, we were doing concerts and parties and different events. Like as a DJ or something or as like a promoter? Yeah. I was a DJ and promoter at the time. And those were successful. I mean, everything that we did, you know, did have a lot of crowd. And that's something that definitely, you know, spark your ego and all of these things. You know, you start to feel yourself. And uh, like, man, I, you know, things just happened for me. So like, why are we going to disrupt all of that with politics now? You know, and we all know the, the stereotypes of politics and what comes with it. You know, the baggage and all of that. And then I had a family to think about at the time. And. My mom really not into anything, like, shut up. Like, she not really, um, she's definitely supportive of everything I do, but she's not, like, the outgoing type. Like, she, yeah. more, we are more reserved. Um, she not like a public life thing, and the slander and that kind of thing. You know? So that's something that I had to prepare her for. So um, family was definitely... Uh, one of the key components that I knew I had to sort out early. If Even if I want to consider this, I have to take into consideration my family's feelings Definitely. towards me. You know? So, and um, of course, you know, my mom said the same thing, like, you're very young, like, why, why are you going to go to this? But I mean, even while I was sitting in that, that room and having that conversation, I knew that there was something in me that wanted to do it. Like, you know, like, you know, I think that's something I, I've made up my mind on a long time. But I guess that I mean, was timing for me. Like, I had questions of, well, is this at the right time? Uh, maybe I should wait, and maybe I should this, and maybe I should, and what if? And, you know, and I, and like your viewers, I know your viewers are looking for inspiration and that sort of thing. And I, I don't really want to lift that with me. Like, you know, the, that's very normal, you know, the what ifs. The, and even for you, like, you just explained to me your struggle of, you know, having to come to that point to say, you know, if I should or if I shouldn't, or, you know, I, that's completely normal. And I've been through the same thing. I, I know I handled myself well in terms of, you know, the confidence to run and the confidence to take on these big decisions. But I do have the same fears like everybody else. I do have, like, that anxiety and you know the what if still torments me at night time and keep me up so it's very normal and I, I've been through that uh, but overcoming it overcoming it definitely took a lot of consultation man, like with family with friends and you know they were a big big influence on me and a big part of my decision to run at the end of the day and cradle himself too because of course he, he he didn't stop at just asking me the question. He definitely, I, I had a lot of breakfast at Biltmore, so that was great. Got a lot of fried jack of the thing. <laughs> so um, a lot of that had to contribute to my decision at the end of the day to say, you know what, I just want to do it, man. You yeah, know? I mean, it was, I mean, like you're saying, even the inspiration to do this was not an overnight thing. Um, actually doing it and putting your name on a ballot was not an overnight thing came with a lot of contemplation like you started a business just because I want to be clear about that you started a business when you were 21 supreme automotive 
which is crazy because that is also something to start at such a young age. I feel like, you know, right now, especially in a pandemic, we're seeing a lot of young entrepreneurs show up and turn up out of like everywhere and anywhere at like very young ages, which is very exciting um, for Belize. But that's something that you did. How old are you now? 26 now. Okay, this is something you did almost five years ago um, and like fresh out of junior college. Like we also have the same educational background um, in terms of like, you know, something else that, that has, that I might let stop me from certain things. I'm not telling myself this story anymore, but something that I did tell myself is that like, I'm not educated enough. Um, When I know that, and when I know that a lot of the people who are there already have never been educated at all, I just felt like I needed to be. And so I let that stop me from a lot of things in my life. I'm not doing that anymore, but there are people who do feel like because they don't have a bachelor's or a master's or whatever they they need, they can't pursue certain things. Um, So I wanted to ask you about that as well. Like we both went to John's, we both even got a degree in general studies. My reason for that is because I'm in a day like with a master's in accounting and business management. And I was sitting in that classroom, like, what the hell? This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is this bogus. Like what, what else are my options? And so I went and tried to change and I couldn't, they were like, oh, you can't do science or anything. You can only do like economics or you can do general studies, but in general studies, you have like eight free subjects that you can do whatever you want with. And so I went, I went ham on that. I took like graphic design to pottery, to religions of the world, to health science, every single thing that I can think of that's so different to figure myself out because I just really didn't know what I wanted to do. And that still hasn't come up yet. Like I still haven't found something that I would like to put myself in so much student debt for if I don't know what it is I wanted to do. And so I want to know why, you know, you, what is your take on education? What is your take on something like that where people feel, you know, that they need, I don't know, what is your take on education period? Well, that's an interesting question. And I don't get asked that a lot. And I thank God, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> definitely, your story sounds the exact same way, like the way I started out. I came out of school and I was actually moving towards engineering in high school, like technical drawing and physics and all of that. And I knew one thing that they stand up for me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, the whole technical aspect of things, I never really made it feel because um, I still had a lot going on in my life in terms of, you know, what I want to be personally and what, um, like, my personality, I knew I had to do something with, right? So when going, like, when transitioning into sixth form, um, I, I, I had friends who were fixed on what they wanted to do. Like, I have, like, accounting friends and uh, I had friends who wanted to be med students, some want to be attorneys. And, you know, it's so easy for them to, you know, just fit themselves into a, a particular um, curriculum and just say, all right, well, this is my path, you know. And, but there was no path for me. And that was one of the craziest things. And yep. one of the most frustrating times of my life um, because I felt, like, really Lost. Dumb. And lost, yes, exactly, because I feel like, all right, this that is step where I supposed to know. Everybody wrong me, know. no, yes. <laughs> yes, don't, and I really don't know. I have absolutely no idea. 
but I know I needed to go to school, right? And I know that I'm not paying for it, so I have to make their people proud. Um, <laughs> so I I had to get this degree, but I just never know what it was I would get it, you know. Um, so of course I looked on the general studies thing and I look for all the exciting and I must say I give credit where it's due and SJC, JC really had some you know, exciting topics like, for example, like, you know, Caribbean research studies and... I did uh, that as a extra, yeah, thing. So, like, I had, um, like, lit, Latin lit and all of these things were really kind of mold um, me into an all-around, you know, sense. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm forever grateful for and I have no regrets in terms of um, what I chose to do in sixth form. Um and it's actually after coming out that I realized that, you know, I have this interest with business and I, and I love business and I love creating something from nothing. And I really want to get the formalities done for this, like really get structure in and do something serious, right? Rather than just, you know, living this informal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to do a lot of self-learning. I, I, I was going to talk about the whole education thing and how much it's not necessary, but I do want to say, and I do want to adhere, and I don't want to mislead anybody. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of self-learning. A lot, a lot, a lot. I did a lot of reading. I um, subscribed to a lot of articles, a lot of um, different YouTube channels, a lot of... So I had education along the way. It, it wasn't schooling, but it was education. Um, I taught myself some level of finance, um, finance management, and um, all of these things. Like, um, for example, when I was starting my business, after I already started and whatever, I knew that I wanted to take it to the next level. So I actually went to Belgrade, actually went to this program, this sent for me per program to get some capital to take it to that next level and make that investment. And actually went in the program, it was a lot of participants and, you know, I actually had to teach myself how to write a a business plan. I had to teach myself, you know, um, profit and loss and, you know, um, profit margins and all these things to show growth and all of these things. Like I had to really put this all on paper. Like I wish I had a situation where I just come in and say, you know what, I could make money and so just give me money. But it wasn't (laughs) that and it was. Yeah, if somebody's going to invest in you, you need to have a plan. Yeah, definitely. And I learned all of that on my own. I had to go out and, you know, I mean, the internet is there. So I had to really put myself in a position to say, all right, uh, this is what I want to do now. And I need to learn something about it. And I actually got in and I was uh, um, one of the finalists. And I did got like $11,000 to you know, invest in equipment and stuff like that. So that really, I, I must say education, it, it has its, it has its um, gains. Um, schooling, that's something different, I believe. I, I mean, something I do want to say. Just, that, go ahead. Well, what, what I wanted to say is like, I said accounting in a way where I'm not trying to knock anybody who chooses that type of career. It just personally wasn't for me, just like engineering wasn't for you. And then like, I do feel like with education, if there's something specific that you would like to pursue and you need to specialize in it, like being a med student or an attorney, these are things that you do need to get your education and your degrees for, for sure. But then in the same light where there's me and you, 
who aren't that sure, um, who do feel maybe insecure about not having a bachelor's degree or something like that, that doesn't mean that you're not smart or not capable or not anything. It doesn't say anything about who you are because there's so much out there for us. There's so much online courses. There's so many things that you say are accessible to you that, you know, I am currently like in real estate as well. I didn't, there's not like some place that I can go and learn real estate, but I do have, I'm like in an apprenticeship. So, you know, there are people that can teach you. There are ways and tools to learn things and it doesn't discredit you or your knowledge or your intelligence or anything. Um, So, I mean, Uh, that's something that I had to really like come across myself because I just felt so, so, I don't know, in inadequate because of not having like a degree or whatever. So I just wanted to say like, I know that not nobody would do it, like accounting or anything like that. This is just like our personal experience with not exactly. knowing what to do. Exactly. And I definitely had some kind of um, outside influence, of course, with, um, you know, different key people that you are seeing, you know, the Elon Musk of the world and the Mark Zuckerbergs and all of those people who, you know, really take, the, um, you know, entrepreneurship to the next level, like the Mark Cubans of the world and all these people. I I definitely have a lot of influence in terms of that. And it also, um, apart from that, I have a great team, you know, a team of guys who are like-minded, who believe that, you know, we could take anything to the next level if we apply ourselves. And that kind of leads us to diversify a bit into other other sectors and other stuff like that where we have seen some level of success and we do have other plans which does not involve politics that you know could create some kind of you know buzz for, for Belize you know um so I definitely no one not education too much and also I want to add here um I'm actually looking at schools right now to to um apply to um I really want to get a bachelor's degree in economics I'm looking into that so I can't run from it forever, but I, something, <laughs> like I said, no, but now you experience. know what you want to do, you know? So that's yeah. different. Now, you know, like, okay, I know. And I don't know that my money, what I invest now. So I, I'm definitely not trying to waste that. <laughs> exactly. So many people are in debt for a big yeah. portion of their lives right, over so something right. that they were not even passionate about. And right. I really didn't want to make that mistake and just be like limited to, uh, just being in so much debt because it's really hard to like move forward from there. So right. that's something I did think about at a young age. Like, if I don't know if I'm not ready for this, I don't just not do it for do it. Like, yeah. I need yeah. to know what I'm doing. Yeah, I can't waste that, man. I can't waste money. That's something scarce right now. So you really don't want that. And I could safely say that now compared to if I was doing it then, I, I definitely would see the benefits now over you know, maybe if it was five years ago or four years ago, just because um, the experience I do have now is something that I can't compare to anything or I can't imagine getting it in any classroom, right? Mm-hmm. I've sat with CEOs, I've sat with directors, you know, and I have to present to these people who have masters and doctorates and all these things. And I must say that I did some great proposals and I prepared myself well and I, you know, present with you know the same kind of delivery and you know the passion behind it and 
I must say that's something where really I have to be grateful for the experience that I've gained over the, the past three years, you know, working, yeah. you know, and doing this professionally. Um, it's something that I can't, I can't imagine, imagine getting it anywhere else, you know? Yeah. I mean, something big that you just said is like, had you decided even the same thing, like I'm going to pursue a bachelor's in economics then versus now, like the way that you're going to absorb the information is going to be yeah. incredibly different exactly. than if you had done it right away. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we are seeing the benefits there, Natasha, but I do want to note, I want others to note that um, trying to transition into school after you're already into the, in this life is definitely difficult and it's something that, you know, we are understating. Uh, <laughs> Because, like, going back into that setting is definitely difficult. So, like, if you have the opportunity to get it out of the way early, I, I would advise you to. Especially if you have the time then, you know, because time management for me, that's something really huge right now. Really sickening. I mean, even with this podcast, trying to yeah. line that up with you, kind of difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so, imagine it it pushing my three courses there. <laughs> it's right. true. I mean... <laughs> things at their own pace though you know like don't feel like because everybody does certain things at a certain age things need to be done for you at a certain age like you're on your own path and your own individual journey and don't compare no. yourself to anybody's journey no 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 you can't yeah you can't. which is why even you doing something as young as you are and stuff like we might compare like i might compare myself to being like oh my god who was i at 23 like oh my god i could never do that but you at 23 was a completely different person. You had such different exposure. You had a yeah. different life experience growing up mm -hmm. on Southside Belize. Like I'm from San Pedro. I like that in my mind, like that yeah. is different. And I, and, I, and I really did miss out. Like I really did skip the good parts of all of that. Like the, and the good parts, I mean the negatives, like the, you know, the influence, like the negative influence. I, I, we spoke about the positive influence, but there is negative influence that comes with the environment. And, you know, a lot of times I've been in situations and I must admit that I've been in situations where it wasn't the ideal, you know, story for me. or wasn't the ideal path for me. And, you know, I've had to manage all of that. I, you know, I come through all of that. And actually part of my story that I don't see much, but, you know, I, I was definitely... Um, not involved, but um, around a lot of things that could have really made things, you know, really bad for me. Um, so that's something I I also embrace, and that's something where it's a normal reality here in Southside Belize City. I mean, you come out of your house um, and you're in, you're exposed to certain things that you know not, not every young man's supposed to expose to, you know, and that, that's something where we can't left out, and that's something why. That was one of the reasons why I pushed the way I push, especially in a more poverty-stricken areas, um, because I want people to understand that. Listen, I could talk the same language like you, because I know what you gone through and I know what you got through right now. But I have a story for you. You don't have to do this, or you don't have to end up this way. You understand? You have different paths. You have different choices where we could make. But you know, better yourself as an individual, and not only for you, but for the people around you. I I can't stress the amount. I can't stress how important it is for me to be successful for the people around me, you know? Um, 
So, like I said, from the beginning of this interview, like I knew that what I'm doing has to be bigger than me, you know, and that's just the way I apply myself every day. I love it. Everything you just say, I mean, it's so huge. Like, I just want people to know who might not know Southside of Belize is one of the most, I don't know, can you describe one of the most, I don't know, poverty stricken areas in Belize city. It's such a hard environment to grow up in. It's very easy. Like you said, for you to not be inspired, you don't, you're not even in an environment where people are going to a pursue higher education who even have dreams, who even have jobs, who like, yeah. I mean, a, a formal job or, or you know, it's a very, very tough environment with drugs and gangs and all of these things that are in your face at all times for you to personally have that self-motivation to get out of it takes quite a lot when every day what you're seeing is not that. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Sorry. It just, um, stopped recording but I'm recording again but yes as I was saying um you you know you were in the environment that you grew up in a lot of us can give ourselves all of these excuses I even find myself like want you know they say like whoever your five friends is who you are and these types of things like um you I don't know what you just said everything you just said is very huge because we can all sit here in our environments that maybe a lot easier and still not have this level of self-motivation that you were able to have and just you finding it within yourself like I need to be the change that I wish to see and I feel within myself I have what I mean if you have even a little bit of an idea that you have it in you you should you should follow that you know that little seed and water it and come out oh my gosh but what you just said is huge definitely 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 um, but I mean, a lot of people like give stories and you could read the stories and listen to the stories from the most influential people and more, some of the most accomplished people, but you know, get the bad parts, right? And somebody have to say the bad parts because the bad parts are also, you know, were reflection of how intense the journey is and how much um weight you put on yourself and how much you have to be your own motivation and how much you have to be um ambitious and greater than the external forces where they try you know take over what it is that you meant to be you know because i mean i i have a firm believer you know like you know like um like what's for you that for you right and what god gives you on the gifts well what god give way and I believe that he gave you everything. And I always say that God now give you more than what you could bear. But they also don't really make mention too much about how God give everyone away something. You know, and it's easily to and it's easy to, you know, be distracted from that or to have like external forces straight, like just keep you away from that. Like I mean, it's easy. I mean, it comes with temptation. It comes with all sorts of things. It comes with insecurities. It comes with, you name it. But it's important for us to, you know, be our own, you know, our own influence at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, 
I never know you come from Southside. But even growing up in Belize City in general, people are like a little bit more hardcore. Like when I got into Belize City for St. John's, I was like, felt like Ali Feather compared to like everybody else. <laughs> but like, I just, you know, being exposed to certain neighborhoods in Belize City was a huge wake up call um, for the reality of what there is in Belize. And, yeah. and, um, on paradise. Yeah, I mean, Ghetto Paradise. Ghetto Paradise, great. Yeah, seriously. Great. One thing I could say, though, I could safely say, like, especially from my um, my experience campaigning, like, I have seen and been exposed to some of the most rough, the roughest and the toughest uh, uh, quality of life. And I could safely say that um, it really gives you what I open and make a really be grateful for some of the things you have, you know, and some of the um, just some of the some of the privileges you have as a as a young person, all right. But just going to these people and talking to these people, you know, I realized that many people happy with with, with their life still, you know, they could still find the little light in the tunnel, or, you know, to you know crack a smile for the day, or, you know, have a drink and laugh with, with friends and family. That's something huge. Me personally, in a situation there, I couldn't see myself the, the ever skin teeth again. <laughs> yeah. And so I really, that's something beautiful for me to watch, man. Like, just to experience that, something beautiful. Yeah. I mean, in, in you saying all of that, too, like, yeah, everything you're saying is huge. Um, something that I wanted to ask you um, also is, like, what are some things that you're surprised about um, since like prior to you running and then after you went in, what were like some realities that you never really foresaw or some things that surprised you or, you know, even something like this, like your campaigning, you never expect for really, you know, be this exposed to certain circum life circumstances. Like, I don't know, but your experience from what you thought it was going to be to now you've been here for, three years like what are some things that you never thought it was going to be like that it is like you know even for people that are young aspiring politicians like what is the reality of this thing well um i could say like one of the main um things for me and i had a conversation yesterday with some some delegates um about how much like people like for me and other people would look on it and say, all right, well, you don't know a minister, you don't know a city councilor, you're not the mayor, you're not this. But people, how people look at the perception they have about anybody in public, public life and how much responsibility is on us. You know, I mean, think like, you know, as a councilor, you know, there's formalities or whatever, but, you know, people really look kind of like, you know, the Pope, like, Sometimes I go to some people's house and I'm like the last, I got all the hope for the day, you know, and that's something where that responsibility where I never really want at the beginning. I'm like, man, I don't want to be this, the only hopeful, you know, like I don't want to be like the only, the only reason or the only way you achieve something today, you know, or the only reason you are eat today, like that whole extreme you get, you know, so like you always find that, you know, in a city you have a lot of people where they, where they beg you and ask you for things, but you can't really just be hasty and say, you know what, well, people have this way or people 
have, you know, bad style and they see you and anything. That's not the case. People look for you in a position that, man, this person could actually help me get out of my situation for the day. And then people really live day by day, like every day that was today. Like, so if you could do something for them today, no matter how minuscule it may be, like you look on it like, all right, I could give an extra five, I could spare an extra ten dollars, but that's huge for them because tomorrow, that's tomorrow. <laughs> so that's the reality what we face, right? And that does something big for me. And it really fixed my perspective from a lot of things, you know, and I don't really, and ever since then, like I always take my position and the role I in seriously, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people might even look at this as like, I think a lot of people look to politics. People have their different reasons for wanting to go into politics, but I think a lot of people do look at it as a way to to climb the socioeconomic ladder and like, oh, I'm going to have perks and all of these things. But there is a reality of like, you have a, a civic duty. You have, you have. Of course. And I hate that misconception, you know, like, like people always watch me like, like, you know, they have, a lot of people look up to me, a lot of people are inspired by me, but you also have the naysayers from the other side or so. I always feel like, you know, you have ulterior motives or anything like that, but come on, like, I don't want entrepreneur or a businessman, you know, any perks I could, I could possibly get, I could get that personally, you understand? I wouldn't, if I'm about that for me and if I'm just about money and success for me, I mean, I definitely stick in on my entrepreneurship and definitely rely on my business for that. Politics that were extra strain, and I could say, if, if you're doing this for gains, why? <laughs> I have a rude awakening for you, man. I mean, it's take way more from you than, than, than you gain. I could tell you that. I could definitely say that for the record that, you know, it, this really takes more than it gives. But you have to be selfless from the, from the moment you put yourself on the ballot, you have to be selfless. You have to say, all right, that's my life no more. My life about the people now. Yeah, All you're right. a public servant. Yeah, definitely. And I, I won't say that they don't have people like that who, you know, want to get in for enriching themselves and whatever and all that. Definitely thing. But even then, I could tell you, uh, I never like what I may expect. <laughs> but that was me and my experience, man. I, just, I could tell you after the rip, like, even after this whole election and everything. You know, people have been criticized or whatever. You know, like nothing really changed for me. You know, I still have to work hard. I still have to grind. I still have to um, support my people. And you know, everything that nothing changed. You understand? Nothing changed. Yeah, that was really well said, Alan. I love everything you said. So, since you brought up the last election, we're going to bring it up. So, you just ran in the general elections, and you don't remind. um i think that that like boosted your level of inspiration for a lot of us to be honest because you did something um very um i don't know you just it took a lot of balls (laughs) i'm going to say because you went against somebody that (laughs) i i I could say anything it's my podcast i guess i just realized that nobody does sense on me so anyways um so you went up against Sister B, which 
was something that a lot of people compared to a David and Goliath situation. Like she had been in politics forever. She's the sister of Bean Barrow. She has all of her following, her people, her loyalties, all of these things. People were looking at this like, whoa, this kid is coming in. And, you know, what in the world gave you the balls <laughs> to do that? Uh, oh, man. I honestly don't know, man. Up to now, that's the question, right? Like, man, uh, after a while, you just really start believe, man. Like, you really start believe. You know, and you know I'm, where your intentions are, and you know what you have to bring to the table. And once you believe in that, of course. What else? Of course. Is there? Like I always, I always said, uh, you know, for me about impact right you have to have the most impact on something like i could have gone to any constituency and maybe my chances would be much much higher right mm -hmm. and, and then that that all would that do for me that just get in right but they're not just about getting in about really you know this is our era where if you're not in you're, you're out and what it means to be out <laughs> the, the mercy of the world at the point right if if you're not the support the there are people, if you know, they were in a program, then yep. sorry for you. So, I mean, and I'm a big population too. And there are some people where I believe that really me need the representation the most, you know, and they really me need the help. So I got in there and I believe that, you know what, I could do something for their people. I could bring some kind of light to their people. Like, like and it could, it could be done. You know, and I and I honestly not to be like overly confident or anything like that. And I say if anybody to get it done, I think that means supposed to get it done. You know, and that that why I'm I'm a believe that, like I'm a believe that like if anybody to do this, it will be me. Trust yeah. me, like watch me do it. Like I even I, I even said this to the prime minister. Like even having to convince the party that I could do this. Like, like even the prime minister, he told me like. You know what I know? So I think so. Wow, well, you actually got really close to beating her. So, you know, it was something of a David and Goliath thing. Did you, I mean, you obviously had the self-confidence to do it in the first place. You wouldn't do it if you knew you were gonna you did it because you wanted to win ultimately. But when it came down to it, Alan ended up getting 41% of the votes she ended up with about 55% of the votes um, which is something that everybody I mean it became a whole craze on social media the following day just like how well you did in yeah. given the circumstances were you surprised by those results um by the results yeah definitely um I really felt that um it said a lot yeah I I just say like that was for a moment every time I go back to think about it, right? Um, but you know, the team why I had and the, the people around me, everything was just so organic, everything was just so 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 rooted, you know, and everybody me just believed just like me. You know, that means something where we definitely continue just in the area, you know, that's the alone belief that we had that you know we could do something, yeah. And I and they felt that uh, trust me, they felt that I think the barrels felt that the UDPs felt that. Everybody felt 
where we were coming from, you know, and what we were coming with. And and I, I bet if you 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 interview she right now and she'll tell her that, you know, well, I'm never somebody easy, you know, I never easy to deal with. Because we may come. <laughs> so we fight and we had four months and we had so little time. But we did what we could have done in that time and we push and we eat and sleep and just dream about this, you know, and definitely the results never come out in our favor. But um, after all the Iwat and all the tears and we sit down and we relax and, you know, days after and then read the comments and then read all the posts and all the positive energy and all the positive messages, I could tell her not even for my birthday, I get any kind of love. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like some huge for me. I have like people all the way from like Corozal, from PG, all over the all the over whole the country. country. Yeah, people you know the states were like, oh, we're not there, we couldn't vote, but man, we impressed and this and that. And I'm just low on love, man. Like I can't, I can't like just to think about it. That like I'm mean, just so unreal. And I could, I could say like after that, I've never for one second felt like a loser. Like you never should. yet, I never yet feel like a loser. I feel like I lose anything. Yeah. Okay, I, I, hi, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like I lose anything, man, you know? And I just really wish that it happened the next year, yes, but I have no regrets. Definitely. No regrets, and I don't lose nothing, man. But I gain a lot of love, you know. I gain a lot of love countrywide, and that's something where yeah, you can't buy that. Yeah, right? I mean, and like you said, what's meant for you is for you. This was, right. you know, just another time, another thing. Um, you should be really proud of yourself. It definitely spoke volumes to the country because she had held that constituency for such a long. They, it was a David and Goliath situation. It really right. was. It was something that. Other than my own constituency, that was the one that I was looking at. I was like, oh, how are they doing over there? Like, what's going on over there? Like, that's the one that we were looking at because there really was that concern of she can lose this. She can lose it. And it's something that she held so tightly. And it was not, you know, it was it was frivolous for a moment. And it was something that it was just like, how is Alan doing? What is going on over there? And it was, yeah, election day. I mean, being that day, I was um, reporting for Channel 7, which was a first for me, but very interesting to be so involved from that perspective. And like, you know, just wondering how everybody's doing across the board. And yeah, yeah I mean, you should definitely be proud of yourself and you definitely, only to gain in anything, in anything that you guys do ever in life, my listeners, um, anything that you do, any competition that you go in, anything that you face, and maybe you lost, there's never losing. I've said, I just said this in my last one, there's only to gain you either win or you learn. That's it. Exactly. And even that, like, Natasha, like being a constituency to look at, like even being considered a battleground constituency, I mean, Queen Square for decades has been one of those constituencies where we don't we don't look fun, we don't watch it. You know, general election day, oh, well, that's what be right, that's what come in. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, November 11, 2020 was, all right, what happened over there? Like, it closed, what happened? Like, you know, people wanted to know. So even just by that, it showed the amount of work that we put in and, you know, how close we were. And that's something where I, I, I consider that an achievement even. Yeah. You know? 
Agreed. So since we had talk about general elections and all of that, the new administration has been in office for approximately a hundred days or so. And everybody asks everybody what they do with their first hundred days and all of these things. I want to know what you, I mean, you could have been right there so easily. Um, but I want to know, even though this is your party, um, I want to know if you honestly feel like they're doing a good job within this first hundred days, given they are in a pandemic. We understand that given that there are a lot of loose ends and a lot of different things that they have to deal with, like, you know, there's a lot that has to change and move around and whatever, regardless of that, do you feel genuinely that they are doing a good job? And is there anything that you might do differently at this point, like, do you have any criticism for them at all? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just want to firstly start off by saying, of course, um, I am a POP and my party, of course. And But if you ask me genuinely to give a response to something, I will answer as a patriot. You know, uh, you know and this is my country and the country first to me, all right? Um, so I could definitely say that right now in the first 100 days, what we are experiencing is something completely different from anybody else 100 days. You know, you have, in the past where you get in your department, you get to your portfolio and you start a grind. This is something that is very unprecedented, of course. Um, we're in a pandemic, like you said, but I have to measure what is being done by the problem that is right here, right now. Before I hear about um, houses that get built, before I hear about um, infrastructure, before I hear about free education or anything, I want to know how to make sure that our citizens safe, you know, and we are in a pandemic and that should be the main goal at this point, getting over this hump, getting over this crisis, you know, getting back to at least what a sense of normalcy. Um, and I think when it comes to that perspective and that specific um, task, I think they are doing a great job. And that is being reflected, like, it's there. Imperative data shows that, you know, well, we're seeing the, 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 the decline in COVID cases. And I actually feel at this point in time, a little bit, a little bit safer when I go. Like I left the house and I actually feel like, all right, all right, cases, the drop compared to, I mean, the anxiety maybe last month or two months ago when I go out and I'm like, all right, well, I might turn a zombie or something like that. You know, it, it, it's a totally different feeling, especially being in this part of the city where, you know, it's more populated and I have more access to a lot of people. Um, I really feel that, you know, the Ministry of Health, the Minister of Health, um, and of course the Prime Minister, they're doing everything that they could in terms of trying to test the population and trying to, you know, keep the, the cases at a minimum. And, you know, you have the restrictions and so on. For me, I personally don't like, and I'd be genuine right now. <laughs> yeah. It's fair for you to kill me. I, <laughs> I hate it, but of course, of course, I understand why it's being done. And, it, and again, it shows in the data, right? Um, something to work. 
and that enough for me right now at this time that's enough for me once you could tell me that all right you could ensure that alan we will get over this thing just give it two three more months we will get over covid or we could at least get to a point of all right we could vaccine we could get vaccinated or we could be safe just to go to church or be safe you go in a school back and then kind of thing i think that that the most important thing when we look upon this new administration and what they're doing right now it, it, i could be give a damn about what's happening in other departments or whatever the the lee intricacies with administration and they kind of lee mm -hmm. hr and all of that what's happening with the pandemic that we're concerned me agreed i want to say that my only criticism is that i just want a little bit more communication um mm -hmm. because i mean the udp administration every minute they got a press conference and that kind of thing and you know just so what's <laughs> what they like Understand. Yeah, exactly. Because I just feel like sometimes you just need to tell people a lot of times or whatever. But if you explain to us the reason why you're doing things, it's just like parenting. Like you have your kid, you sit them down and you get in a rule. They're going to be bound to try to rebel against it. I mean, granted, yeah. we know we're in a pandemic. We know what the rules are for. But sometimes when you paint the picture of, do you understand how much money it costs for us to hospital hospitalize a single person? When you paint the picture of what really is at stake here, then people are like, oh, okay, I never really understand that. So whenever they do have those moments where they do that, it makes people realize, oh, I really need to. And it sucks that we might need that because we should be more responsible for ourselves and realize that we are in a pandemic. We're risking each other's lives, all of these things. But the only thing that I could say that would make it a lot better for us to stop kicking and screaming about things like the curfew and different things is if we understood really what was the reality because it's something like $40,000 to keep one individual in the hospital. That's people's tax dollars. And that's something that if we knew that, we would be like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my only thing. Granted, I don't like the rules either. None of us, like the, the whole thing sucks, but... I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, people are just people. There's a lot going on that we just have no idea about. And just a little bit more communication is my only kind of thing at this moment. Yeah. And you don't have to involve somebody to holler at the on TV. <laughs> I cost you up. <laughs> Maybe but it does, but whatever. <laughs> whatever I take. But that's a kind of like my thing, like, you know, that's that's my thing at this moment because yeah. I know it's yeah. new. That's definitely a PR issue and something that I think could easily be fixed. And um, but I, I must say that not every time. Uh, I mean, we see Trump, <laughs> like we, we've got like unofficial tweets, like <laughs> and so on. The president of the United States of America not necessarily means that they're good for we, right? Right. So, We've seen that, but um, I do believe that um, the PR of the party of the government, I should say, could really step up in terms of bringing that information, of course. Um, but there are people like me who, you know, trust the government, who believe, and you know, I believe now more than before that we have people at the helm who are, you know, more proactive, who are, you know, who know what they do. So. Okay. I I go based on that, and that gives me confidence. And you know, I put my trust in that, knowing that all right, the guys could handle this. You know, they're competent enough, at all right. least. All right, I'm gonna. All right, fine. <laughs>
I mean, at this point, it's out of my control. We we did what we did with the elections. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping the best for my country. I wish nobody any bad or anything like that. I'm wishing that our government, um, I'm wishing them well and and that we can all get through this together. Um, on I want to like segue into a more positive note and start closing off. Um, before we go, I just want to know what are some things that you do in your everyday whatever life um that is pause that keeps you positive every day even though you face all of these adversities of like you know everything that you have to go through and the realities that you have to see what are some things that you do for yourself to keep a positive mental state man, 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 man. that's a good question um i do want to note here and it's worthy to mention that I am a normal 25, 26-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm a normal young person living in Belize City, so I enjoy everything that other people enjoy. Everything that Natasha Stewart enjoys, I enjoy. I enjoy um, socializing, you know, taking uh, uh, beer with friends. I, I love all of that stuff. I love entertainment. I love music. I love dancing. I love all of anything. You know, I like, I like party. I like everything. Um, apart from my professional career. So, you know, my personal life, I do enjoy everything normal people enjoy. Um, <laughs> so definitely, um, being in this pandemic, uh, the adjustment for me, of course. So um, I really had to, especially in the first couple months, when it was really, really, really rough and the whole quarantine thing, and that's something where I can't do. Um, I like drift boat. I like cut boat. So me that's too. Being confined, <laughs> being confined may really take what what tool for me mentally. So um, I definitely had to do a lot of adjustments in terms of fixing my perspective and keeping mentally relaxed. Um, I even went as far as meditating and you know trying new methods of you know just trying to ease my mind and ease my body. Um, I was introduced to uh, meditation. I, I tried running, you know, in the morning, exercise and stuff like that. Um, music has always been a big thing for me. Um, I really love music. I really, um, I could just sit on all day and just listen to music or reading as well. I, I enjoy one nice book, just chill and wind down. Um, but mentally, it has been a strain as of recent, um, just trying to figure everything out, you know, especially coming after the general elections were heartbreaking for me. Um, and I'm trying to transition and position myself now to what next, the what next part um, has been mentally straining. So I just trying to find that balance between, you know, personal life and um, my mental health and professional career that is yeah. having a balance you know yeah, it is all hard. about trying to yeah. find the balance yeah um i do enjoy i do enjoy um the sea a lot um do enjoy fishing i do enjoy you know technically swim technically jet skiing um or traveling the road like i find that road trips are very therapeutic for me so mm -hmm. from time up, got a Kai or got a Belmont Pan, got a Placencia and just 
just calm down and watch some trees leave it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just get away. Just get away from everything and just try to open my mind a bit and broaden my scope. So that has helped me a lot. I love it. And then my last question that I ask all of my podcast guests is, if there's one thing, one note that you can leave on, I mean, you might have said it already. A lot of the things you said, you had a lot of gems there. Um, <laughs> but if if anything anybody would get from this, what would be something? It could be even a quote. It could be anything, but just a message that you would like to leave everybody with. Jeez. Hmm. Like I, I, I think I have a lot of takeaways, Natasha. Like <laughs> You might have already said some. I there are some things in there that I was like, yep, but you know, anything, <laughs> anything at all. Um, just be great, man. Just be great. Just be great. Um everybody have their own thing, right? Everybody have their thing. Just be great, you know, whatever that thing is. You know, matter what. If you wanna be acrobat, right? Just be great, right? If you wanna be I actually saw a video with a guy from Barbados who wanna be a horse. <laughs> I, I can't I can't I can't believe <laughs> what? what? <laughs> a I'll horse? Like, I'll send you the link. <laughs> <laughs> but he have on a whole heart suit and everything. So <laughs> I can't tell him no be a heart. <laughs> so, and the man <laughs> man is doing things, man to be a heart. So whatever you want, be great, man. <laughs> I strive for greatness. I don't believe. I don't believe that there's no one thing. You know, I just believe that you have to be great. You know, whatever you do, and you're all right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Alan. <laughs> Thanks for having me, too, man. Um, it was a very interesting discussion, and I hope, like you said, the intended purposes of the podcast. I hope it reached the people where you need to reach, and you know, I hope people really listen and you know, at least feel inspired a bit. Definitely. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Natasha Stewart podcast. Find Alan on Instagram at AlanPBZ on IG. And um, remember to like, subscribe, share, comment, any of that stuff. All of that stuff really means a lot um, to all of the people that you like to follow and whose content you enjoy. Um, Please share and like and all of that good stuff because that stuff means a lot also remember to subscribe to my podcast so that you can get the automatic update on the next episode until next time